This is the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Your hosts, Sam Harris and Nicholas Farik, digest the most interesting, informative and topical books, giving you their biggest insights. We expose different perspectives and tools to look at the world to make you wiser than yesterday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Nico. As usual, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Sam. And in this special episode, we will be reviewing the year, the very special year that was 2020, and more specifically, the books we read. Sam and I will each be presenting our top three of the books that we discuss on the podcast, and we'll also present some bonus books, books we read that we didn't discuss on the podcast, but that did leave a mark on our thinking or other mm-hmm. things. That we yes, like. I did prepare my top five and got confused as to what my fifth one should be and wanted to shout out like four other books and that's sort of mm. like a top 10, but like five where like maybe three of them are the fifth, but I guess we'll go with three and I'll just like quickly shout out the other ones and yeah. not go deep into them because otherwise this would take forever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really like clearly had a top three from the yeah. beginning. The moment we said, okay, we're going to have our top books, I immediately knew okay, these three are going to be in there and even the order was... A pretty cool. self-evident for me. I'm excited to uh, know what they are. Yeah, let's start. Let's uh, do it this way. We can start one at a time. Like I'll start with my number three, then you do new, yeah. your number three, and then we can go that way. Sure. Or should we start with the bonus books first? Okay. Yeah, all right. So I actually have two bonus books. So one bonus book that I read this year, it's called Humankind. And it's a book written by Rutger Brechman, which is the Dutch author. And so I read the book in Dutch because he wrote it or is originally in Dutch, but it's been translated this year. And so I read it and it is a very positive way of looking at humans where most like most of the time, most people think that uh, society is there to you know keep humans in line and to help us avoid our natural tendencies, which are you know self-destructive and lazy and selfish. But in his book, he gives quite a few examples where if you just leave humans to do what they want, they are actually pretty good and social and they help each other and they're very creative. And it really changed the way I think and look at at a lot of issues around you know, people and, and, and groups and, and different, you know, the whole, the whole Black Lives Matter and racism thing that we discussed, it, ch- it changed the way I look at that. I find it uh, a very interesting breath, like a, an eye-opening and also very positive. So I would um, recommend everyone to read it. And actually, I think we should do an episode on that in the, in the next years. So yeah, cool. that's, that's my bonus book. Oh, yeah, let me quickly add on to that. My second bonus book, which is not a book I read this year, but a book that has influenced me and was very financially positive for me. And the book is called The Bitcoin Standard. I read Bitcoin Standard, I think in 2017 or 2018. And it made me convinced that Bitcoin had huge potential and made me a very fond investor. And so I invested most of my liquid assets in Bitcoin. And especially this year, that has proven to be a good strategy or uh, the end of last year, let's put it that way. So uh, that's also a pretty influential book. And so now it's very funny um, because I've always been a big Bitcoin proponent. And so the higher the price of Bitcoin, the more popular I seem to be getting with people who know that I'm such a proponent. Mm. Those are my two bonus books. Mm. Nice. Yeah, you did a good job there. I definitely did keep a larger holding of Bitcoin, I think, just because of you, probably. So thanks. And that's done well for both of us. More for you because you've been like just continuously investing. And I've been like (laughs) doing the odd bit like, oh, maybe I'll sell some now or like having some like stock orders and just. Mm disobeying Mm. the the huddle rule and causing myself a general mess so whoops but i did really enjoy the book also and i would be happy to discuss it a bit more Mm -hmm. so my book 
that I wanted to shout out is Siddhartha, which I was first, in, I think I read it in 2017 from like a good friend that I met who just became one of those people that like, you know, like you're the person, you're like the five, one of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. So I did spend a lot of time with him. He really like impacted me. And I kind of have always had a bit of a, what would he tell me? Like sort of on my shoulder ever since. So like, it just sort of reminds me to like, chill out a bit more and sort of think about what I'm really wanting to do in my life rather than just kind of following like the waves of what's sort of coming at me and it's been very useful and a bit like this book it kind of has a similar influence on me and that's why I quite like reading it because it's it's quite short so basically every Christmas sometime in that period I'll try and reread it also the audiobook's really nice the narrator just has a very soothing voice and it's just Mm. like I just feel like I'm going home when I listen to it and so I try and just take myself on a really long run I can basically listen to the whole book and it's just like a very wholesome nice thing to go and do Mm. Uh, it's like okay like a really long run like four hours but it's really good and so the reason I really like the book is it's basically the main character is a bit of a rebel and he kind of he always questions the way things work in the world and why it is that way and sort of seeks his own path which I really like and sort of relate to and tries to find deeper meaning. And it's about like spirituality and Buddhism. And it's written at the time when like the Buddha was actually alive and like the guy even meets the Buddha, but then like doesn't accept his teachings because he's like, well, the Buddha learned all these things through his own lessons. So I can never actually learn what he learned from him because he's teaching me. I need to learn life for myself kind of thing. And I quite like that. And it's sort of like a recurring theme and like, he first leaves his dad as a child well as like a teenager to go and like find his own life and sort of stuff and then he kind of rejects like the buddhist teachings and then goes into the world to find himself but then ends up kind of falling into the ways of man and like getting this really nice girlfriend and sort of getting into like making wealth and things and he's sort of like playing the game you know he doesn't really think that he's part of that but after like many years he realizes that like he is getting angry and sort of sad that all these like normal sort of emotions that like stupid people have and not being like true to like real life and things and he sort of ends up like rejecting that and going back to like his original life and sort of goes and lives by a river and is at at peace and very content and it just makes you think about like how your life path works and there's a few friends that come up and like you just see the way they sort of impact his life and like the value of those relationships on him and then like at the end he turns out he has a child and then he tries to teach his child to be like him but then he can't and his child goes off and leaves him to go and do his thing and then breaks his heart and he realizes that you can't really teach people the lessons that you have they have to go and learn those things themselves and you sort of you see it about yourself and then you see it about the other people that you have relationships with and it just teaches you so much in one book and yet it's so short and it's also really beautiful and it's just it's just a really nice like thing to do it's kind of heartbreaking but heartwarming all at once and kind of confusing and you just make sure to hug people and Mm. be a nice person so and while you while you're running you you cry a little bit as well you know? yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> cool sounds great i'd be happy to add that to our yeah, it's mm. a bit late now but we'll have to do a rerun yeah. of some old philosophy books i guess yeah definitely i've we've got a list of like a few like of the classic make you think about mm. life books uh, as a series to do so i would definitely put that in there and he's well yeah he's, uh, he talks about like the three main things that he learns of being like thinking waiting like patience and then like being able to fast as in being able to do without things and it sounds a bit like not that useful but then like as you go through it you sort of see how every time when he returns to those three things they help him and like being able to be patient with stuff whether it's like bitcoin rather than running around like investing in it and investing in stuff <laughs> like, having mm. patience so, like it's done so much better for you or like being able to fast so like if you are hungry but you can fast then like it doesn't matter there's no problem 
Whereas if you like stuck by like, oh shit, I have to deal with this like hunger problem. Like you end up being silly and not really doing like what you actually need to do because you're too preoccupied with like trying to fill the gap that you have. And so like, it's actually a really good principle and like, yeah, being able to stop and think, obviously it's just huge rather than just reacting to emotion. So it's, it teaches you those principles as well as the whole life stuff. So yeah, it's mm. great. I should stop talking. <laughs> no, no, it sounds, sounds really great. Cool. Yeah. Look, uh, look forward to reading it. The soothing voice four hours long. Yeah. Perfect. Definitely. <laughs> cool. All right. So let's talk about our top three then. I'll start. So my third favorite book that I read on the podcast this year was The Elephant in the Brain. So The Elephant in the Brain, it's a book which builds a framework on like explaining why we as humans do certain things and why some institutions are the way they are. It talks about education. It talks about like health and, and doctors and the whole health system. It talks about humor and the main premise is that we as humans are basically constantly virtue signaling. And so we're in almost everything that we do uh, in social contexts, we try to show off all our virtues. We try to show that we're a good mate, that we're a good friend, that we can be trusted, that we'll be good at taking care of children, that we'll take care of people that are dear to us and that it is our strategy in life because humans are social animals and we've evolved to maximize our success in social settings and bond with people to make sure that uh, we can, they'll have our backs whenever we, I don't know, get in a fight with some other tribe or whatever. So yeah, that book, it really changed the way I look at things and the way I look at myself as well. Like when I do stuff, it allowed me to assess and analyze what I was doing. And like almost all of the time, I think to myself, damn, I just said that just to show that I know something, you know? I just wanted to sound smart. So I hope that the, the people I'm with will think I'm smart. So they'll think more of me, higher of me. And yeah, I think it's a calling that most people have. Well, the, the book proves it. And so I found it super interesting. And so I think uh, it's a book that I also managed to use to my advantage in business, just realizing that why people do things most of the time, like the, the most successful viral products offer people a way to virtue signal. If you look at Facebook, if you look at Instagram and now TikTok, you know, it also, it always offers people a way to show to others how great they are. And that's why people are so attracted to using it and willing to put like their whole life on there or at least the good parts of it. But yeah, I really like the book, Change the Way I Think. And I think it's a, it's a must read for anyone interested in that stuff. Mm, yeah, it was super great. I, I had it in my ones that I was trying to squish into my top five. <laughs> and it was definitely like, yeah, I definitely need to shout that one out. So I'm glad that you have it in your top three. I also recently read a great blog around sort of the business side of it that I think I should send to you, uh, especially related to like apps and things. And it was really interesting. But yeah, I also, one of the things I quite, I quite liked about it was sort of just thinking about this, sort of, you know, as you explain, like why you actually feel these things and you're not quite thinking about what you think other people are thinking. And there's like a really nice quote that I've been reading recently is, we are not who we think we are. We are not who others think we are. We are who we think others think we are, which is basically as in we let ourselves be defined by what we think others think about us mm. rather than like what we actually want to be or like what other people are even thinking about us because we don't actually know what other people think about us. And it's sort of really backwards when you think about like how stupid we are. <laughs> mm. But it sort of does make sense from the evolutionary as in we want others to think good things about us, but we don't actually know what they're thinking. So we're trying to be what we think they are thinking and it's just a nice bit of like a wait what the fuck oh but it's cool and so i'm really glad that we did this one on the podcast 
as well because it's it's one of those ones like I remember you said you'd, you'd read it and I read it like I think a month before we then did the recording and had to reread it again because I kind of like I had all these great concepts but sort of like they lost themselves quite quickly and it was really nice to really cement them by actually sort of digging into it and learning from you and like chatting more about it because I, I mean obviously recommending everyone to read it but I kind of want to recommend people to read it and make aggressive amounts of notes and sort of to think more deeply rather than just read it otherwise you kind of lose it I feel and so on to my third one I went with The Shortness of Life by Seneca because hmm. I felt like I really enjoyed all the philosophy ones and one of those needs to be in the top three and out of them like some there are all lots of them are really good I really enjoyed that whole series on philosophy but I found I often couldn't quite grasp what it was I really learned from it when I just sort of when I looked at the title whereas the shortness of life is like that's the one where the concept of what the book is just hits me straight away whenever I think about it and like that's the easiest one to kind of go back to and be like yes this is what's important in my life and it's like so I feel like I've kept hold of most of what it taught me compared to the others in that sense I don't know about mm -hmm. how you mm -hmm. feel about the philosophy books that we read. I, I didn't have the impression that they influenced my thinking too much. I enjoyed reading some of them. I did yeah. not enjoy reading some others. And so Seneca, the short, short, shortness of life, I think, I think the concept of stoicism is something that appeals to me and I think has a lot of value. But I think the book itself didn't really stuck to me. Like I would have to re-listen to our episode to just like find out the main concepts again because I completely forgot about them. I, actually, when I think back about our philosophy series, <laughs> the book I remind that I remember the most is the one on, of St. Augustine, Confessions. Yeah. Just because it was so long, they, tedious to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the it most negative experience. So hard to read, but like still kind of fascinating just hearing about his experience, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's a price bit, but I'm glad I, I read them, but I wouldn't have put any of the books in my top five. Yeah. Actually. So I mean like Epicurus and Epictetus, I I can't remember anything. I still confuse mm. the two of mm. who they are and I have no idea what they were speaking about in either of them. I remember that they were good and like interesting sort of stoic stuff. But I find like I've actually been doing a stoic meditation series. And like I find if you have a way to kind of remind yourself of the stoic principles daily. Like that's when it starts to affect you. But if you just read it and then like, mm. it's not really going to change your life. If you just read like a stoic book and then move on, you need some yeah. like regular practice of those concepts. But for me, the shortness of life is like, I feel like it's the one that I most easily can think about when I'm like, oh, I'm being a bit silly. Or if someone else is doing something and I can like, I can go, oh, by the way, there's this principle for like shortness of life that says this and it can kind of help them or at least I feel helpful. <laughs> it reminds me of what to think about, even if it makes no difference to them. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of focusing on the things that really bring you joy and not getting like swept up with like, you know, I often see where people are causing themselves anguish by like chasing the wrong things. And so the shortness of life is the one that I find the easiest one to explain mm. as in when they're chasing wealth for the wrong reasons or trying to impress people and stuff or like getting annoyed by something being taken from them and you're like well your time is much more precious to you than like that thing that you've lost because if you have more because <laughs> you can get that back but you can't get back this time so you're spending all day being pissed off which is like the valuable thing finite resource and so that is like a concept that I guess I already had quite strongly and so like having the book is just sort of like a it's like an easy one for me to refer them to when I'm trying to explain a concept that I guess I already had maybe mm. mm -hmm. makes sense yeah mm. so there we go that's my third one all right, my turn. My second favorite book 
And it's actually very close to number one. So my second favorite book is the book Anti-Fragile, written by our good friend Nassim Taleb. Um, uh, mine is also Anti-Fragile, uh, but yeah. it's number two. <laughs> As in, I loved all his books, but like that was my favorite of them and I couldn't put them all in my top three. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I think one, I mean, the, this is also a bit of a placeholder for the whole, whole series. Yeah. But I, I, I liked, like for me, Anti-Fragile was a standout even within the, the series. I mean, it, it influenced the way I think about so many things so profoundly like i think every day i don't like think about the book itself but the concepts like the way i think about things are like change on a daily basis it's really crazy so for me one of the strongest uh, points in the book is is about human body where taleb makes the case that our human bodies are as he defines it anti-fragile which means that so the concept of anti-fragility is that something benefits from shocks up to a certain extent. And so something is fragile, like like for example, a glass is fragile because if you give it a shock, it will break and it will never benefit from shocks. Something can be robust, like a rubber ball. It's a rubber ball. You can drop it from very high. It's not going to break, but it doesn't benefit from these kind of shocks. But then if you look at other things that are anti-fragile, and there are a few, I think Bitcoin is one of them. For me, that's a good example. But another one is, is human body. For example, muscles. If you put your muscles under some kind of tension up to a certain point, they will actually benefit from that tension. And so I found the book that that's one concept in it, but it, it, it talks about so much more and it takes that whole concept through to the world. I mean, you, you've just talked about fasting. He, he's a big proponent of it because our bodies also get stronger if we fast when he makes a very strong yeah. case. And so, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the book and it changed the way I think. And, and, and I mean, we'll do so for the rest of my life, I think. Yeah. hundred percent. As we, as you said, <laughs> all the books were really good and I, Felt like I learned so much from like Forward by Randomness and like Black Swan around like just understanding the way events happen and what really is random and how like it shifts the world and, and skinning the game around like the importance of having like buy into what you're doing and stuff. But like the Antifragile was certainly the, the one that sort of like just hits you was like, shit, <laughs> this is this explains so many things in like in my life and stuff around people. And like, and the way you think about like the businesses that you build or like any the time that you put into any projects. But I mean, certainly for me, as in I've recognized in some way it's been a good and almost bad thing is it's made me more risky because of I'm, I'm very accepting of absolute chaos and things going completely wrong because i feel like it makes me even more better and so like the the three times now where i've nearly died have always had a really positive effect on my life mm. <laughs> and the thing in like the most recent one with like my epic leg break which then turned into me sort of being fine but like you know being a bit more reckless and like climbing the matterhorn and doing sort of some really stupid stuff and being like very aware that my life is short and that I should just make the most of doing awesome stuff with it has, has been huge. But then I kind of also, you know, like the principles of pushing yourself. So like whilst training for the marathon, I tried to do a marathon with like, it was 28 degrees. I didn't eat anything. And I had like one liter of water, completely ran out of water and, and maybe nearly killed myself. If I, like I was, I literally got to one mile away from home and I could see it. And I, but the last five miles have been like in complete distress. I spent the last five miles thinking like, if I trip up, I'm not going to be able to stand up again. I'm just going to like sort of faint and collapse and I end up just collapsing in someone's garden and getting them to give me water and stuff. And my friend came and rescued me. But it was like, I was much more interested in doing that than I was just doing a normal marathon with like making it, because I knew I could already do a marathon. So I really wanted to like push myself. And so I'm perfectly happy that I didn't make it because of my body got more adapted to stress and ability to like do things without food or water and stuff and that was a much more appealing thing to me than saying I've done a marathon kind of thing and I think books like this have maybe pushed me to be even more odd than I already am when it comes to like pushing myself in those things but 
it's it's nice. It was it's kind of fun to be on the end of risky, but feeling like you're not actually taking a risk because you're actually investing in yourself mm. and realizing that. Whereas other people sort of think that maybe they're being riskier or like they shy away from danger and discomfort and challenges. The best things in your life are usually on the other side of confronting your fears. And I think anti-fragile really helps you do that in like in a in a it's like it, it describes it explains it differently, but it really made me more aware of making sure that I do that, I guess. So anyway, that's why I really liked Anti-Fragile. Would you recommend someone reading it without reading the other Tala books? Hard to say because I haven't tried. I feel like yes, because I don't think I would have really I'm not sure I would have finished Fooled by Randomness, which was the first one, if I wasn't doing it with you. And I wasn't too keen to read the rest of the series after I had read that until we discussed it. And then was like, actually, shit, I've learned so much. This was really good. The uh, process of reading it first was like a little bit awkward and difficult. Though maybe if I was reading it physically as opposed to on audiobook, it might have been a bit easier because it was harder to concentrate on. Whereas I do my reading practice of an evening, I kind of like to read one difficult book that has some awkward concepts where I'll read like sort of two to 10 pages where, where it becomes too taxing and I'll stop. And then I'll go into like something that's lighter reading, but I'm happy to do that for like two months if it takes that long, if it's a really good book, mm. even if it's hard work. So maybe if I'd had it as that one, like it would have been fine. Mm. But whereas Antifragile, I feel like, yes, he uses all the concepts from the other books and it, it does tie some stuff up from those things, but it does work by itself and would be maybe the easiest one to enter with because of it felt the most readable. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's possible to read it in itself, but it definitely gets better if you have read the other books with one exception, and that is The Bed of Procrustes. That is a book that is yeah. it's good, but it's it's like it doesn't really fit with the others, so you can put it put it aside. You don't really need to read yeah. it. It's like a random book of quotes, but yeah, read one a day, talk it to someone about it. <laughs> read it on the toilet, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's how. All right. Just going out your brain. Okay, cool. Now for the number one, and I actually, I'm pretty sure that we'll have the same. <laughs> so my favorite book and the one that I had most, most influence on me is the book, Why Buddhism is True, written by... <laughs> yeah, same. I thought maybe you wouldn't because it's like, I feel like, you know, I've done the past and I'm still like super into it. And I was like, oh, well, maybe Nick hasn't been meditating on any of these things. So I thought you'd have something different. I've been meditating for the last eight months, man. Yeah, so it's it's written by Robert Wright, and it. I would have preferred if the book was called Buddhism or something. It's way easier to sell, you know. Yeah, or know. like the neurological <laughs> science behind Vipassana or something. <laughs> yeah, it's know. yeah, exactly. I think uh, yeah, the book it's obviously talks about Buddhism, and it makes you know Westerners like ourselves realize how um, important mindfulness is. Mm. It explains why we do what we do for example it explains our craving for you know sugar what he calls it uh powdered sugar donuts is is the example that he uses in the book and and for me i find it hugely influential i've i've because of that book started meditating and like have been meditating not every day but fairly close since i think april or something and i plan on continuing to do that for the rest of my life and i'm also still down to, to do a vipassana retreat 10 days of yeah. nothing, which will be painful. But Annoying with the COVID stuff. Yeah. Trying to put yeah. in Spain, but I'm like, yeah, especially with the whole UK new strain that we have at the moment, seems like travel is maybe not on the cards for a, <laughs> for a, while. a few months. Yeah. yeah, it feels like life is on hold for the moment. But yeah, I mean, we still have good books, I guess. Yeah, true that. It's, yeah, really want to do one, but it's impossible to really do it by yourself, like a Vipassana. Or I think even if like a few of you got together and did it together, it still wouldn't be like, 
you just need to have like an organized one for you where you just go and like you let yourself go and, and just enter it and people make food for you and stuff i think yeah yeah exactly so it was your number one as well yeah it was my number one <laughs> it was i felt a bit like i don't know because i suggested it and stuff and this one we started with i was like yeah i felt a bit wrong using it as their one but i was just like this book's so awesome and yeah i just found it it's such because i read this after i'd done the past and i felt this like really brought home a lot of the concepts that I'd learned and really helped me sort of embody some of those things and understand where my mind had gone and what I'd learned from it in a better way, which is great. And I also found it really, I just found the way he wrote it was so accessible to someone mm. that doesn't meditate because of, he basically says, I'm very anti-meditation. I'm like mm. a person that's angry. I'm not like anyone you would ever think of. And he's hilarious. And you can see how annoyed he gets about stuff in life. But then he just sort of really like unpicks what's going on in your mind and how much of the problems he causes himself. And just all of the things that you learn about th through really doing deep introspection. And it goes into like why Buddhism is good and like the neurological sort of stuff that's like behind it in science and he's just really fascinating as an author and because he's got some other good books he's a evolutionary psychologist so he really goes into the adaptions of the human body as to why we do the things that we do and like the psychology behind it so he's just like the perfect person to have written a book around about this and yeah it's just it's just a really nice enjoyable book to read and you just learn so much from it around about yourself and others around being who you want to be and getting as close to contentment i think because there's the whole gap between who we want to be versus like where we're at and the bigger that gap is like the more like pain there is in our lives and annoyance and sort of he really helps you sort of close that gap by like accepting where you're at and still like having aspirations and things but not being caught up by them and stuff and so i really enjoyed that and the the way he explains the principles of like it's you annoying yourself uh, kind of thing rather than it's not the world annoying you. Mm. And you can just see that in so many people who like often have problems. It's either they're actually causing the problem in the first place, which is then the thing that then annoys them. Or it's that they are like just reacting badly to a thing that they don't even need to get annoyed about. And it just sort of makes it so obvious to you when you can sort of sit and be introspective about it and sort of see the problems that you have or others around you and you're just like <laughs> and it often makes it really hard to talk to people where they come and have problems and you're like basically you just go on a vipassana and your life will be fine and and mm. trying to tell them that they're causing their own problems sounds a bit weird but yeah i think getting people to read this book is sort of about as close as you can get in terms of the benefits that you have from actually doing the deep introspection and certainly i think causes lots of people to then go and mm -hmm. do more of that as well so yeah it's very convincing for, for critical people like, like myself. So yeah, and it, it, it also makes a good point. And I think this is very important. A lot of people are like, yeah, but meditation is not for me. You know, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm too hyperactive. I need to do stuff the whole time. I can't do nothing. So it's really not for me. And like, he makes the point and I fully agree with it that the people that have most trouble with meditating are the ones that benefit the most. And it's mm. with quite a lot of things true. And so I think that's why, yeah, if, if anyone asks me what my favorite book is, I always tell them this one. And I think, I mean, I'd be highly surprised if, if we in the next years find a book that I would recommend more to people than, than this one. Yeah. I think in terms of the books I try to get people to read, I think this is probably the one I, <laughs> I like be like, you should read this book. Oh, but for fuck's sake, the title <laughs> every time. <laughs> cool. All right. That's, that wraps up the year, I guess. Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, so I mean, obviously the books that we've read have been amazing and 
there have been some that we liked more than others, of course. I still haven't sorted out my rating system exactly. <laughs> but it's just been an absolute joy, I think, doing this with you. And I would just recommend it to anyone, like the process of like joining a book club or just trying to share those moments, just because like we definitely took on more challenging books that we wouldn't have completed otherwise mm. and had the reason to be in touch with each other a lot more, which is super nice. Mm-hmm. And I just learned so much more from you. And, and for myself, because I put a bit more effort into like making notes and thinking about mm. like what I should talk about whilst I was reading and like what I was thinking. And I often had like some deeper thoughts that I wouldn't have had if I was just reading it for myself. And so I think that is something I sort of certainly recommend to people doing. And then otherwise, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just so nice. As in, we were talking before we started around like all the different books we want to read. And there's so many books in the world that are awesome that you get recommended. And I'm very excited for it. And from the Stoic meditations and like other principles I've been reading, like it's, you can kind of get a bit overwhelmed when you start getting into books by how many books there are, especially when you start having lots of friends that like reading books and recommend them. Or if you listen to podcasts like this, where we recommend more and more books and like Tim Ferriss, where he's always recommending books. And then we'll have like people on that will recommend like, 10 books all at once and it's just like mm-hmm. shit i've got to do so many things with my life and it's a bit overwhelming but it, like, it's fine just sort of try and pick the things that seem most relatable to you and like dive in and don't feel that you have to rush stuff and mm. like we potentially have many years of running this show together where we can go through like whole series of different things and it's going to be super enjoyable and like the other thing is i would also say try being less flitty about your books and try and read a few in an, in an area each time because I, I think that's really compounded mm. the effect of them on us because it's been really useful to kind of actually go into in a whole area and feel like I've become a bit more of an expert in that area of like my knowledge window of something let's say you have a knowledge amount of like naught to 10 if you read one book it's kind of like a three or something and then after you've read like five or six books maybe you're sort of like a six or a seven but you feel like able enough to talk about it because people often read one book and say something and then you're like actually maybe you don't really have that much and certainly like when we did the racism series like the first book was really interesting and taught us lots but then like the other ones would taught us very different Mm. things and like i really wouldn't say i would have a complete knowledge around that topic at all from the first one and I, i mean i still don't but i feel a lot more like aware of like the different ways to look at it because if we read around things and so yeah i would try to like read a few things in an area at least as a, mm-hmm. as a tip there's a compounding effect for sure yeah yeah apparently there's a good bet called the compounding effect that maybe could be on our list <laughs> uh, nice yeah two things i i'd like to add to, to what you said is yeah first would be to enjoy the process and just try to get like enjoy reading books and i think um so naval ravikant he says like he reads I think like 20 books at the same time and where he picks up a book and he reads parts and the moment he gets bored, he puts it away. And so although this podcast has helped me push through books that I wouldn't have finished otherwise, I also think that it might be a good strategy to just read as, and as long as you enjoy the book, just keep reading. The moment you stop enjoying it, just put it away, change, try something else that you might enjoy. I think that that would also be a worthwhile strategy that might work for a lot of people, especially people that mm. don't have the habit of reading yet. Yeah, sure. And then the, the second point is for me personally, I think audiobooks have changed my life drastically. I mean, it's it allows me to listen to books while I'm driving. It allows me to listen to books while I'm working out. And 
I kind of got into a habit of, of like trying to at least read, like listen one hour a day, either it's in the morning when I'm just, I just woke up having my coffee or when I'm, I'm driving somewhere and it's, I, I really think it's very powerful. And so if, for me personally, I, I just need to gain a habit to do something like this on a consistent basis. And so that's something that I also I would also recommend. Mm, definitely. On my list for next year also is the now Ravikant Almanac. Don't know if I had a short one on getting rich, right? No, no, he's like, it's a proper, some guy basically compiled all of Naval's like lessons across his different podcasts or tweets ah, and blogs and things, but he's like, he's put them into different themes. So they kind of read as like a whole section of like, this is Naval's like entire wisdom on this area. And cool. um, apparently it's super good. Nice. So yeah. I want that on our list to discuss. So down for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe like on the subject of habits, like atomic habits or something else could also be useful. Because I feel like I've read quite a few of those books, but we haven't discussed. And I feel like if we discussed it, I'd do a better job of it. Or maybe Indistractable by Neo Ayal also is kind of, I mm. guess, on like healthy habits that sort of keep you focused and actually effective. Could be good. So many things. All right. Very good. So yeah, Sam, it was a, a pleasurable year. I really enjoyed it. Learned a lot. Uh, yeah. It was awesome. So uh, up to more years of this. Definitely. And, uh, listener, yeah. If you if you have any book recommendations, feel free to send them in. And yeah, if you have any other yeah, feedback, we, let us know. We might not get to them straight away, but we've got many years ahead of us at exactly. some point. <laughs> we'll get there. Cool. All right. That rounds up this episode. Thanks for listening and see you next season. Cheers. Thank you for listening to our podcast. As you know, we are doing this to try and help you get smarter. Well, I have another project for podcast listeners just like you who want to be smart. Nico and I learned so much from reading the same things together and discussing them, and I wanted there to be a tool that made it easy for anyone to listen to the same podcasts and books together with their friends. So I'm building the app Syncify, which does just that. It connects you with your friends in the app, listen to the same things at the same time, or create shared playlists and work through them at your own pace. You can share comments and highlights of your favorite bits and become smarter by seeing what your friends think around the same content that you enjoy. As a bonus, it also helps with your mental health and reduces isolation. Personally, I hate publishing my life on social media, which I find all rather antisocial, and I don't go out of my way to phone a friend for no reason other than the fact I feel lonely. But I do love doing things with other people, and having my friends listen to the same things is, is really awesome. I mean, I used to speak to Nico like once a year before we started this book club together, and now we talk all the time because we're just doing something together. So do yourself a favour and sign up for the Syncify app at syncifyapp.com, and I really hope it helps. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed the show or learned anything new, be sure to share it with your friends. And... I just can't tell you how great it is if you were to happen to leave a review on iTunes. These really do help quite a lot. If you have any questions or books that you'd like us to read, feel free to reach out to us through the website wiserpod.com or reach out to us on LinkedIn. And just keep loving and keep learning and ideally keep listening. Big love from Sam and Nico and the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Podcast.